1: Last week we got to talk about the final four weeks before a marathon with Sonia O'Sullivan. Today, fresh from cheering home Irishman running abroad listeners as they cross the line in London's big race on Sunday, she joins me again to talk about the other end of the running spectrum – the most asked running questions on the internet. I've looked them up – who is Googling what and what are they asking? Well, who better to ask than the greatest of all time, Sonia O'Sullivan? She will put on her thinking cap and maybe she won't even need to because some of these questions are quite bizarre, but some of them are ones that I ask myself every single day. Sonia, brilliant to have you here. How are you doing?
0: Great to be here. So yeah, this will be my version of the <laughs> answers to these questions. <laughs> okay, no right. So I am there the yeah, yeah, exactly. there's many answers that people like think they know the answers of um, and then there's also answers that people are looking for and they're not getting them so they keep looking (laughs) yeah yeah. so maybe i can give the right answer to some people out there looking for for the answers
1: (laughs) yeah it has to be said that and we'll just skip skip through these ones real quick because we found a batch of these where it was quite obvious that whoever was asking these questions just didn't want to run like is running good for you is running good for weight loss is running bad for your knees is running bad every day i mean Is running bad in the cold? Is running bad in the hot? I mean, these questions are just, they do sound like somebody going, give me a reason not to go running. (laughs) And once I have Googled and got an answer that says don't do it, I'm happy out. Uh, Thankfully, Sonia, I found some ones that are a bit more nuanced. And I feel like these are questions that runners probably wrestle with quite a bit. We'll get to those later in the show. But if you haven't been inspired by the last two weekends of marathons in Berlin and London, I mean, there's probably a bunch of people here, Sonia, listening for the first time, uh, who are perhaps thinking, is London in April a target for me? Did you feel inspired watching people cross the line? Did you think to yourself, maybe I I will give this a go? You said you had this last year.
0: Oh, I think every time you watch the the finish of a marathon and particularly these big city marathons. I think London is really special. It's got an amazing finish line, like just the backdrop of Buckingham Palace. The, the, like the road is just set up as this perfect finish mm. that run you down into it. And yeah, you see people running and you know, it's just such a happy occasion. <laughs> and after, <clears throat> afterwards, when I was walking back and I walked back a way I'd never done before. Because in the morning when I came in, I came in from Teddington, and I was really amazed. I got on the train in Teddington, and there was also other people getting on the train in Teddington, dressed in their running gear. They were going to the start. <laughs> 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 I'm thinking, hang on a second, this doesn't make sense. That I'm going to the finish, <laughs> you're going to the start. Yeah. You've got a long few hours ahead of your year. And, yeah. you here, and you you could tell they were all carrying these sea true plastic bags with the number on and all the bits and pieces that they wanted to have for when they finished the race. And it's an amazing logistical thing, you know, that people can just drop off their bags and they're there waiting for them when they come back. Yeah, forty two thousand
1: bags. Forty two thousand people. They when you consider the
0: Yeah, and the amount
1: of like logistically as you say, just the amount of stuff that needs to be in place. But equally, I thought about the amount that's raised for charity, just watching all of the stories, all of these amazing human beings that have devoted so much time in the name of I'm going to do it for this, this person or this place, that that side of it has to be moving, too.
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, that's like one of the reasons that has been going on for so long is that the charity aspect of it just grows and grows and I mean, the London Marathon is a charitable event, believe it or not. And, you know, they make a lot of money, but so much of that goes back into charity. And a lot of the money that's made by the marathon goes back into of sport, funding sports and schools and, you know, different organizations all around the UK and Northern Ireland as well. So, um, mm-hmm. it's an amazing event and I'm, I'm sure a lot of events all over the world you know, are inspired by it, And that's the reason that they exist as well, is because they see this as such a big way of raising money and, you know, the double whammy of getting people out there, keeping them fit, giving them something to do, outdoors, active, and, you know, it's just, it's motivating in so many different ways. And then, you know, raises money, all them to charity, and, you know, to, to help people at the end of the day, to help people who, you know, need help.
1: It's like the antidote to cynicism, isn't it? (laughs) When you look at it, you're like the the sheer honesty and sincerity of everybody that takes part because you can't run a marathon sarcastically. You have to give it absolutely everything. You uh, have been kind of hinting at it with me. I've had approaches from different charities. April is now when the next one is going to be. I'm delighted to say that I am going to take the plunge. I'm going to. Give it a lash. uh, Start training for this. I'm appealing to the listeners in the Meath area uh, to come with me. uh, Establish a training group that we prepare for this thing together. But I know that a lot of people listening right now have bigger fish, fish to fry with Dublin on the horizon. Before we talk about those of our listeners that made it through. What was your takeaway from the elite race? It seems like uh, the women's race made more headlines than the men's one yesterday.
0: Yeah, with well, the women's race, I mean, I don't know if that was there was six girls. I think were under two twenty. So you know, it's like before, you know, it was such a big barrier for the female athletes to get under two twenty for the marathon. Whereas now it's just accepted, you know, that that's going to be the result. Mm. Everyone under two twenty. Um, I think the the girl who won your hula from Ethiopia. Um, we've spoken about her before because yeah. last year broke the world record in Laren, but then the course was a little bit short. Uh, you actually ran against her. Or were you? In, well, you were <laughs> nearly the start line. <laughs> <Nearly. much> earlier. <laughs> in Laren this year. And they didn't go quite as fast because the course was a little bit longer, I think, this year. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> it's all very strange, these road races, but I can be sure that the London Marathon is accurately measured and um, they, they do stuff every year to try and make the race, you know, better than all the other marathon majors, you know, they're all, they're all in a competition as well. You know, the runners are competing against each other, but the big marathon races, they're also competing against each other to be the best mm. and to do something extra every single year. You see these races get better and better. And uh, yesterday they had what was actually amazing finish line. Um. For you could there was access for seventy people to get up on this bridge that was crossing. So not just the finish line gantry, but the, the gantry was actually a bridge. Oh wow! Over the finish line and the the floor of the bridge was made of glass. Oh
1: yes, I saw was, your video of this. Unbelievable! <laughs> you could
0: see the, the runners coming in underneath it. Now I wasn't up there for any of the the main finishes, but I was there. Just went up for a look. Um, Nick Patel, who was one of the chief organisers of the London Marathon, chief supporters, and make sure it all goes to plan. I think that was his pride and joy yesterday. So when he had the opportunity, he was inviting people up so that they'd all go away talking about it.
1: Yeah, very good, very good. It was a great, it was a great snapshot of what what it was like, and just. Just the just sheer numbers. I want to give a shout out to a few people. We'll do a, we'll do a mini round the parishes here for those hardy Irishman running abroad members over on Strava who completed the London Marathon yesterday. First shout out has to go to Julie Bolitho, who is an inspiration. Obviously doing it her way, uh, training hard for it. And completing it in a time of six hours, seven minutes. And just like in some way, Sonia, I think that when someone is putting forward that amount of effort, that it's it's near. I can't think you can equate what's harder. But you can imagine that six hours being out there for six hours is exceptionally mentally testing nearly more so than someone who's coming in kind of trying to ease in around the four hour mark it's a full two hours extra out there so I want to give a special shout out to Julie and um, Ali Kearns just titled her <laughs> London Marathon ouchies which I think should should get a mention she came in in a time of four hours 43 but the, I don't know if you saw Paul Brennan if you were there at the time but Paul Brennan who of course was one of my pacers for breaking 20 came in in a time of two hours 43 which is just a sensational run he says he rolled the dice a little bit delighted with the result i've never seen a man as happy with a pint of lager in his hand afterwards uh, did you spot anybody in the group um,
0: i didn't physically spot anyone out there running i did meet a few people um, when i was walking through the finish line afterwards but i had one person who i actually had a little message request in from a friend of theirs the day before looking for a, a good good luck message Fergal Byrne who he completed in <clears throat> I think he was just under three hours 2.55 um, which is a solid run but I think he was hoping to go a little bit faster and um, he was on pace at halfway and that's the thing is that when you have a goal in your mind sometimes you just set off at that pace and then you gradually fall away from it um, because it does get difficult and the thing with yesterday was that it actually got quite a bit warm towards the end of the race, probably from halfway on for a lot of people. Um, they were expecting rain yesterday, a lot of rain, and it was amazing. There was absolutely no rain. I went in there with a big umbrella. Yeah, and I left, which I left somewhere. You know, I-, I left it many places and retrieved it many times, but then I finally left it somewhere <laughs> and lost it. <laughs>
1: it just looked glorious.
0: It was. And, you know, I think it was all because I brought the umbrella. Because, you know, if you bring an umbrella, <laughs> yeah. in, you're guaranteed it's not going to rain. But you're going to carry it around all day. If As you I, don't bring it, you're yeah, going to you it, with it. <laughs> That's it.
1: I bought a rain jacket last week here in Ireland in the hope that I could tempt fate into giving us a dry winter. But it bucketed it down from the moment I <laughs> gave them the money for the rain jacket. It must be the first time in history that a person has bought a rain jacket and immediately got to use it. So look, shout out to everybody who did it. I think I've got one more here that I, I want to shout out. Thomas Cassidy. Let's give a shout out to Thomas Cassidy who probably ran it in the pace that I'm thinking of myself. He said the last five or six miles of this were absolutely brutal. So more power to you, Thomas, for finishing it in a time, four hours and seven, at an average pace of 5.47. Uh, Thomas Cassidy smashed it home, the London Marathon, which is now just around, the next one's just around the corner. That must be tough as well, a bit like, I'm sure you know this from having babies—that the second you have one baby, people are like, "Would you think about having another?" People who have just <laughs> finished the London Marathon, who then get confronted with entries are open for April, or are you going to do April? Would you recommend that people just take a week off thinking about what their next race might be? And what what would be your advice to people after the big day is done?
0: Well, I, I'm sure emotionally, everybody, you know. They're either never again or they're getting ready for the next one. <laughs> there's always there's a combination of two answers. I did meet a few um, people yesterday um, when I walked beyond the finish line, uh, which I sent you a little video on. It looked like a war zone. There was people <laughs> all over the place. Yeah. Uh, so it was in, I met a girl from Northern Ireland, Belfast, I think she was from, and she was very happy with her run. I'm not sure what she did, but she was happy enough with it. Um, and it was interesting because some people they had like there's all these different types of medals people were wearing as well. So in the world the world marathon majors, there's six of them hmm. so people can enter that with the intention of going to do them all and And then they had this age group, um world championships as well. So you get a medal for that, but for starting that, and then you can continue on to the next one. and then if you do all six, you get this big giant of a medal. <laughs> We'd like the little six little circles, one for each marathon that you do. And there was a few people had those on them yesterday as well. Um, so I think there's kind of incentives for people to do the next one, which, um, you know, could be at this stage, New York is next month. right? Um, no doubt there's going to be people who ran in London doing New York because people do that. Actually, Chicago is first. Chicago is in two weeks time, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh and then there'll be Tokyo in January and London and Boston in, in the springtime. So it's amazing kind of, a, it's a new kind of travel incentive, running incentive to travel the world and do all these van marathons. And then you have this huge sense of accomplishment that you've completed, you know, the major marathons in all the major cities um, around the world. So it's really interesting, you know, how people can be influenced by something like that, just by a simple medal, <laughs> you know, that they're going to display a phone. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's just something like that, it, it makes that one single marathon you do mean so much more when you can connect it to where you're going to go next. Because oftentimes people can cross the finish line, they finish the marathon, they're delighted they've done it, excited, and then but then it's kind of like, oh, what am I going to do now? Because for so many weeks and months, their life has revolved around preparing for that marathon. And Absolutely.
1: And the deflation you know, of that.
0: Like, yeah, we spoke about this before, how it can be such a big letdown when you've accomplished something that you've been thinking about for such a long time. And then you've got to reset and think, OK, what am I going to do next? Hmm. Whereas this marathon majors, you know, running all of the marathon, they're kind of like, it's a ready made thing. OK, I'll finish this, I'll recover from this and then I'll start training for the next one. <laughs>
1: We mentioned last week that we would do a monthly meetup run after the success of the pool bag park run with Sonia for the Ireland funds, which raised a ton of money and continued uh, around the world. Shout out to Porig McColgan in Tokyo, who sent me photos of their one. Uh, we're going to do another meetup run this Saturday, Sonia. Uh, where are we going?
0: Uh, we are going to tell them more? So,
1: yeah, Tullamore's first birthday party. It's their first birthday party for their park run. And Jack Ryan submitted. Uh, their their park run as the preferred run for this month, uh, the October meet of the Irishman running abroad, he said, we would love if you visit us here in the month of October, we have a f- nice flat course and are in the middle of the country, so perfect for all the group members to get through. Plus, it is our first birthday, so there will be cake. Was that, Sonia, what tipped you over the edge in terms of taking this on?
0: The cake, yeah, it's all about the cake <laughs> Yeah, uh, and also um, I, it's funny it's amazing that we were just talking about that and i, I had a friend of mine mark norurk in Dublin and um he was just calling me at the exact same time that you asked the question and I'm asking him a question because he's got a lovely um Boland's lock mm. down there in Baltimore and I've stayed there before gorgeous uh, it's up for sale at the moment oh. and um but we might be able, I might be able to stay there oh, amazing <laughs> so if I can do if I can wrangle that (laughs) then that would be fantastic because otherwise i'll have to get up really early to come from cove (laughs) uh, which which i don't mind doing you know i think when you make your mind up about doing something then you know nothing It's not too difficult, you know, I think once your mind is made up, then you just go for it and whatever it takes.
1: Yeah, well, I hope Um, you get to stay there, though. It looks absolutely brilliant. I'll put a little link into the uh, notes of the show to Boland's Lock. It's absolutely beautiful. If you're thinking about throwing in a bid, uh, it is going to be coming up for sale. Then, of course, we have another meet up, Sonia, on Sunday. So a double opportunity for people.
0: Uh, Tell us about what run is happening on Sunday. So Sunday is a great pink run. And it's a new location this year, so I don't know a whole lot about the course. In Leopardstown, the Great Pink Run is an event I've been associated with for a long time. The last few years, it's been virtual. So we've just kind of gone and dressed up in pink and met up with people in our hometowns or wherever we are. And you can still do that this year, but there is an in-person event at Leopardstown Course and it takes place on, at lunchtime on Sunday. So I think the ten kilometer goes off at one o'clock and the five K at two. So I think we might have to do the ten K because um otherwise we'll have to stand around waiting for the five k and you can enter that at um I believe it's great
1: Cancer Ireland dot com will take you there. There is the, that's that's the where I'm looking at the event details on here. Breastcancerireland.com dot uh, com has has entries and and stuff there. Registration seems to still be open if people want to do it. And of course, you can just do it virtually, can't you? And make a make a little donation there to them. It's very easily um, absolutely, done.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And your entry, which I think the total is about 24 euros. Um, it also includes a t-shirt. Very nice. And then all, all the money raised goes to Breast Cancer Ireland. And the big thing for them is doing a lot of research into... You know, trying to find solutions and, hmm. um, you know, I suppose, find a cure for breast cancer, which affects so many people.
1: Absolutely. And has affected my own family as well. So it is a it is a charity close to my heart. And I can't wait to meet as many of you as possible there. It's far enough out from the Dublin Marathon as well to be able to justify it as part of your long run or whatever you're doing in your training this weekend. Now it's time for the most Googled running questions. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take a couple before we go to the break. The first one is what you would expect, a question that has come up in this show time and time again where the thinking seems to change around it all the time. Should I stretch before I run? Is there even a definitive answer on this or is just this just always going to be a question that has a different answer depending on who you ask?
0: I think lots of people are asking that question for lots of different reasons and reasons. And one of the main reasons is because they want, they're want, they worried that they don't have time to be stretching before they go for a run and that's, I mean, more often than not I lace up my shoes and I run out the door or today, actually I was at Bushy Park today and I can't remember if I ran down the street or not I know I start walking and sometimes a walk can be as good as a stretch mm. so you start walking and you kind of warm yourself up into it Um, And that can depend on the temperature outside because if it's cold, then you want to get moving pretty fast. So I think it's a good idea to do stretching and warm ups indoors if it's cold outside, if it's warm outside, then you can kind of ease off into it. Um, and stretching can also be related to if you're coming back from an injury or you had some sorenesses that you feel need to be stretched out before you get going. And, you know, it's a very personal thing. Some hmm. people like to stretch, some people don't. And then there's this whole new level of dynamic stretching that people do. And it actually awakens all the muscles before you get out there. And that can and I think a lot of people tend to do that before they do a fast session or a race. They use it as part of their warm up. So it may not be a bad idea to stop in your run and do something perfect. If you have time to do that. And particularly if you're gonna be doing a, a bit of a session. Go yeah. for a little bit of first and stretch out all the muscles that like your glutes are good ones to stretch out your hamstrings and um, your ankles, your calves. A lot of people have calf issues. So you need to stretch, get them warmed up before you really start trying to run fast. So
1: tell me really quick here, because it seems like the, what, the real argument on this is that static stretching is the thing you need to avoid beforehand. What exactly does that mean?
0: Well, I mean, I suppose static is when you hold a stretch for a long time. So it's kind of more like a yoga pose, a lot right. of it would be. Um, so, you know, you can have dynamic static stretching if you really want it, whereby you do six of one stretch. So each one gets a little bit easier as you go along. And so it's still kind of static stretching, but because you do it for, you hold it for like 10, 15 seconds, you drop it down. If you're doing your quad, saying and you're pulling off one leg, um, So if you keep repeating it, then if it becomes dynamic, that extraction, which I think that is more beneficial than pure holding Mm. a stretch for as long as possible, Mm. but, you know, I think it's so individualized, this thing. And I think, yes, you can stretch before you run, but you don't have to. Um, and a lot of the time it is down to how you're feeling. And if you feel like you need to be stretched or not, and, you know, you have to work this out for yourself.
1: Yeah, God, I mean, you Google it, guys, Uh, you simply put in whether you should stretch before running and just the billions of articles and features on this. It seems to be an endless debate. But as you say, Sonia, who wouldn't benefit from, you know, just doing some bit of some bit of stretching beforehand in some dynamic sort of way?
0: I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people who were doing the marathon yesterday who are maybe going to do the Dublin Marathon, they might find that they're going to be standing at the start line waiting hmm. because you've got to get out there early. You've got to get your position and ready to go. So you might be just standing there and that's not really very good, I think, to be just standing there yeah, waiting and then all of a sudden you start running. So I think when you're in a position like that, then that's a good time to stretch just to kind of keep the muscles loosened up and not have them tightening up while you're standing there. And then all of a sudden you go for this run from from zero to 60. in, you know, the space of a few minutes.
1: Yeah, like I get up from my desk quite a bit. Like I'm at the moment I'm really debating, do I want this standing desk? There's so much uh, of my life at the moment back in Ireland that is just rooted to the spot trying to get these podcasts done, and I'm sure people are feeling it the way things have gone in terms of the cost of living crisis, that we're all working extra hours in the hope that we can cover off the extra expense that's going on in our lives. The standing desk is something that I'd love to get a better idea from people, uh, if people have them, if they've used them, at gmail.com, I definitely feel that once I get up from a seated position that I've been in either driving or sitting for a long time, that the run is way more difficult. All the more reason to uh, figure out something that works for you. As you said, Sonia, doing something after the first kilometer of running seems to be what works for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I started walking, then I, you know, got up to Bushy Park, and yeah, now I felt really good. And I think I was just thinking about running like pain free, finding a way to run with no pain. Hmm. And I don't care what my. Oftentimes you think you have to run a certain way to run a certain pace. And I just kind of just ran nicely and just kind of enjoyed it. And I thought, well, it's this, and, and probably was inspired by the marathon yesterday, thinking that there's so many people out here running and they can't all be running pain free. So they're all finding a way to run. And I think that's the thing is you find a way to run that suits you best and allows you to run at a level you want to for the amount of time that you want to out in the park. And I don't know if it was Bushy Park, it, it's just one of those parks where you could run forever. You know, it's so easy mm-hmm. to run, run in there. Um, because maybe because you're not doing small loops and out and backs, so you can just find lots of big loops to do. Yeah. And you and you can also get yourself so far away from the park entrance. That to get back is another five <laughs> <So you're>, k. <laughs> yeah, true. You can just take yourself away, and then you're kind of like, "Well, I've got to get back, don't I?" <laughs> yeah. It's <various> to run.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I have so many more of these questions, guys. You are not going to believe some of the strange questions that get asked about running an awful lot, and maybe many of them. You will recognize I will be asking Sonia all of these questions after the break. All you have to do is come over to patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad to hear all this and more every single week.
0: One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise.